Welcome to the Imagine Mom Cast. This is your host, Elaine Kohanowitz. You're in the right place, Mom, if you're looking for real answers, real Jesus, and real fun. Hey, this is Elaine on the Imagine Mom Cast, and it's the Girls Get Real. I am here with Laisha and Laura. If you've listened to us before, you know that between us, we all together have 15 kids and have been parenting for way too long. <laughs> and I'm not even going to say our ages because that would be embarrassing. So without further ado, we're going to talk today about connection and the importance of connection as a woman and a mother. And um, to kick us off, let's talk about, uh, let's see. Okay. How to find friends as an adult. Like, I feel like this is something that you didn't know you had to learn before you were an adult. (laughs) It is a fun life skill to learn. Let me tell you. (laughs) Tell me about one of the most awkward times you had making a friend. Hmm. Hmm. I remember being in the park when the kids were little and I would be like scouting the women and the kids for some likely candidate. (laughs) (laughs) And then you had to like, just be real chill and kind of strike up a conversation. But the whole time, like at the back of your mind, you're thinking, how do I get her number without sounding weird? (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. <laughs> well, I um I took a selfie of Joe and I and I sent it to two couples that we wanted to befriend and I said, meet your new best friends. And I sent the <laughs> selfie to them. Said, How did that work out? Let us know. <laughs> so one couple never responded. So that made it real awkward. <laughs> oh, the other one became pretty good friends. So that was <laughs> That was really worth it, but it could have ended poorly. So it's like buy, die, or unsubscribe. Oh, <laughs> I wish, I wish I, if she would have sent like a stop response <laughs> afterwards on the text, I would have known she was not interested. Yeah, that's funny. I, you know what? I don't know that I've ever had an awkward moment of befriending somebody, which probably means that I am the awkward one and I'm just so awkward. I don't really pick up on it. So I'm probably <laughs> the appoint- person that people avoid and think, oh gosh, that girl's so strange. I, I, I don't think so. Go away. <laughs> you were the, t- you were the talky Kathy, chatty, chatty, Kathy, who um, started talking to me first. You were the reason why I started talking to you. No, don't you remember how we we met? Yeah, I had a play date. It was a play date. No, it was um Sissy. You had to ask my kid's name. Oh. Sissy. <laughs> okay, now I have to hear this story. Oh, that was the funniest thing. I was doing yeah. childcare at church, mm-hmm. and Laisha had two little girls because the well, she, Ava was old enough to not be in that class yeah. for some it, reason. Yeah, it so was on a it was Annika and Clara. And I asked Clara her name and she says, Oh, my name's Sissy. And I said, Oh, okay. That's okay. So, but like, that's what your family calls you, but what's your actual name? And she says, it's Sissy. And I just kept 
trying all these different angles to ask her her name. And finally, I thought, well, I've seen Urban Cowboy. Maybe her name is Sissy. Like, <laughs> good enough. Good enough for Deborah Winger. Good enough for this little Stewart girl. And so I said, when Laisha came to pick her kid up from childcare, I had this conversation about, oh, I love that you named your daughter Sissy. You know, just like Urban <laughs> Cowboy. And she says, what are you talking about? Her name is Clara. Uh, and yeah, we've been friends ever since. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then you were at least just nice enough to like take it, you know, and run with it, just with it just being a cute kid story and not make it a big deal. But every time you'd see Claire, you'd say, hi, sissy. And I'm just like, <laughs> I just appreciated her spirit about it. That, you know, we could laugh at our own kids and as a eye rolling going gosh I hope she knows her real name (laughs) (laughs) but I also appreciated you Laura because whenever we were around we didn't talk about our kids all day long because that drove me crazy to hang out with moms who only want to talk about their kids I'm like I don't care about your kids do you have a (laughs) 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 else going on Pretty much no. <laughs> right. I totally twenty understand. years. <laughs> well, like there's I it when moms are so wrapped up in their kid that they want to like do everything about their kid. I just I can't buy into it because I would just I don't parent like that. My kids follow me around, not the other way. So when I find moms who mm-hmm. kind of have that same mentality, it's easy to strike up a conversation with them because I think I can weed out a bad friend pretty quickly. Good, um, mom- yeah to their kids so fast and like so much and like they're just hovering over them all the time we would have nothing in common and then also they wouldn't have time for me and I'm a real needy friend (laughs) she's honest I I know what you mean and I need to hang out with you (laughs) I totally I know what you mean because one thing I always respected about you Laisha is that when you and I would be in conversation with one another and one of our kids would come up to ask a question and try to interrupt, we would just shush them and say, not now, yeah. you know, you're, you can't interrupt the adults talking here. You have to wait your turn. And I loved that you didn't just stop conversation with me to take care of your kid, that there was just like a hierarchy of authority uh, present around you and you, your kids knew their place. And that's, yeah. That's, it's easy to befriend somebody that way, especially if you have the same values. You know, yeah. we have that same value in common. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I think too, like us having multiple kids, you you can't really hover that much. True. I mean, if you if you started out as a hovering parent with one or two, maybe, but once you're to three, four, five, six, you know, <laughs> there's no hovering going on. There's only survival. <laughs> Well, I don't understand how the, I like, I just don't understand the, the functioning of it. Cause you want to raise your kids to be independent and like well-mannered and I guess able to acclimate in society and no one else caters to children like that. So I guess I didn't want to lie to them, but, um, I, I just appreciated the independence of all of our kids yes. and I think probably why our kids got along so well is, their fun did not revolve around us catering to them. It was like, oh, you know those toys down in the basement? Yeah, go find them. <laughs> Mom's chatting. <laughs> so true. So I true. think I don't think that my parenting style is quite like that though. Be, and it's not necessarily because I'm a hovering parent. I think it's because I just genuinely like to have fun. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, and you so- also- 
helpful though. So the yeah. your proximity, your children were, was much different than, than mine. Yeah. Cause I was with them all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and, well, you, know, and you guys had it, you guys had a different, um, um, I don't think your kids ever abused your time or abused your attention. Like they, they knew when you were talking, they knew where you were busy. And, and so I didn't feel like they were needy when they were around. So when you wanted to hang out with them, it's because you wanted to hang out with them, not because like they needed you, you know, to have fun. I think there's the, the trade-off is a little bit different with your relationship with them. So. Well, and also when it was just me with them, I would put my earphones in. So (laughs) that was like natural separation (laughs) when I needed a break. (laughs) They would be like, it's so funny because they all tell the story. They would be like, mom, 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 mom. (laughs) That would be listening to something while I was washing dishes or whatever it was. (laughs) I, um, during the pandemic, um, because I was working from home, I, um, had to do a lot of phone calls. And so I had to buy a pair of headphones that was noise canceling. Cause if I get distracted, I'm not listening. And most of, most of my conversations were listening conversations. So, um, I bought the biggest bluest headphones in the world. So the kids knew that if my headphones were on, I was probably on a call. Well, I got used to, oh, I could see an abuse. So I would just start walking around the house with my headphones and pointing to them. <laughs> and, and it was so, I didn't even have music or anything going on. The noise canceling was just so like, apparently I was overstimulated. So like, I was always at peace. I would just, <laughs> just point to the phone if they started talking to me because I'm like, I'm busy, got the phones on. <laughs> well, one thing I love about you guys as far as like making friends is when like we're together. I never, like I feel like anywhere I'm with one of you or both of you, it's never awkward. Like I don't ever feel like, Oh, like if I took you to a get together or a party, like I have to make sure you're fine. You know, like you guys will just go out and make friends. You'll just go out and talk to people. Like, you know, we're all not afraid to talk to somebody, you know, and it's just so nice because it's just easy. Yep. Would you guys have done that same thing in your thirties? Were you this easy and relaxed in your thirties? Uh, I think I was just because I think I'm that's I'm a person I'm a people person. Yeah, ditto that ditto that Elaine. I've always loved people. I've always had an easy time making friends just because you know what people put me at peace. I'm a, a true extrovert finds their your their batteries charged up by people. So I love people. People fill me up. They charge me up. They energize me. And I think that just the more people that I'm around, the more the happier I get, the more energized I get. And because of that, people respond to that. Like, oh, you know, it's, it's, I like to think, even though I might be awkward at sometimes that, um, <laughs> annoying, I'm that annoying extrovert. Um, <laughs> that, that even people that aren't naturally that way can be put at ease because, I, because of the level of chill and the level of energy. So mm-hmm. I think, and I feel that way about you too, Elaine, because I've never noticed anybody, like if I stand back and just watch Elaine, when people are in your presence, they're naturally relaxed. 
So, yeah, I think to me, it's like a challenge. Like I like, especially if someone's really quiet, it's a challenge for me to get them to talk, to get them yeah. to feel comfortable, to get them to laugh. You know what I mean? Like, and almost it's like the harder they are, the more of a challenge it is for me. <laughs> like, oh, we're going to crack okay. this nut. <laughs> no, I totally agree. I absolutely agree. Yes. <laughs> How about you, Laisha? Were you uh, just become some, something that you've, uh, attained an older age or yeah. have you always been? Yeah, sure. I'm a fine wine. I got better with it. <laughs> um, I was a lot more uptight because I think my time and attention was, uh, my time was a little bit more stretched because I was still teaching in my thirties. Uh, sure. So, um, I think, I, I think looking from the outside in people would probably not have had that perspective of me, but I think people closest to me would say I was really like wound too tight and like I was a bit not relaxed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. it's a nice way to say it. <laughs> well, I like, and I didn't like that. I didn't agree with that because that's not how I felt, but I know that I was making people uptight, you know, just that anxious energy or like, you're not doing it fast enough or you're not, you know, and I'm like, I don't. I didn't know I was doing that, but that's, that's just the energy I was giving off. So I think, I think once I quit work though, that changed, I think that dynamic really changed because the rush was taken away and I wasn't stretched so thin. So that like, I'm, I was really happy that I was able to experience that. So, You know what? I can see that with retiring or not retiring, but like just quitting work. I tell mm -hmm. you one thing that I did that, that I would suggest that everybody do if your personality can support it is anybody who's young, make your bucket list short and easily attained because my, I had one thing on my bucket list and that was to join the Navy and serve my country. I did it. I got it over with. That was my only task in life, like the only big one. And so everything else that just kind of fell into place and it uh, set the pace for just a more relaxed life. Like I, I got done that one task. Now I can focus on people and not focus on tasks. Yeah. And or just like, like goals or big, big, you exactly. know, like bucket list type things. Exactly. Like I have little goals, but they're just, people are always more important than my task list. And I, and yeah, I have zero, there's nothing on my bucket list, nothing. So I felt, like, yeah, I felt that way when I quit teaching though, I'm like, I achieved what I wanted to achieve. I felt good. Yeah. Like I go out so burnt out that I was like burning the world down. I, mm -hmm. I went yeah. out still at the kind of the peak of my energy. Um, I mean, I knew internally I couldn't keep that up with my four kids. So, um, so it was, I really quit at the right time because I still had enough energy at, for my children. But, um, I, I would agree with that. Just knowing that you got the big goals out of the way. And I think it was interesting that when I left, I realized the goal was not worth <laughs> all the time. <laughs> it, I mean, it was, I, I learned everything I could do. I could possibly take out of that profession. It just certainly was not what it was um like what do you expect it or um how about this the system was not designed to do what you think it's supposed to do mm. so 
Um, so it felt like you were, um, reaching an unachievable goal. Mm -hmm. So I got out when I realized there was no end game to this, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. And staying in till retirement, I could care less about money. I'll go get a job somewhere else doing something else if I need a retirement. So I just think learning that at a young age and feeling like I still accomplished something professionally and absorbed all that I could, because I've used all my skills that I learned from teaching and all my other professions. So like it wasn't useless things that I learned but I got the big stuff out of the way right away. So it's serving me well, like the rest, you know, probably the same way you feel, Laura, you you learned so much through the Navy and it served you well, you know, like throughout your whole entire life. And you probably have awesome stories to tell. And, and that's what you want out of your way when you're younger, like get that stuff done quick. Absolutely. Well, I learned a lot about just how to, how to be a neighbor, truthfully. Yeah. People. Um, Yeah. Yep. How to just deal with people. So, yeah. So circling back around to friends, cause like, I know we talked about, you know, being able to talk to people and stuff, but like, you know, not everybody is an extrovert. In fact, most people aren't. So <laughs> like what, you know, and, and even me being an extrovert, like I've definitely had times in my life where I was lonely and had a hard time finding people. And so I just, you know, let's, I wanted to talk a little bit more about that. Like how, like, you know, if you're in a place like, okay, this is a really good example, actually, because Lacey, you just moved. So, you know, sometimes you're in a situation like that where you just don't know anybody, you know, or I could think of a time in my life, like when I had my first child, so I wasn't working anymore. I'm home with the baby. It was very lonely. You know, like when you're in that kind of, you know, stage in life, you know, what are some good ways to find people? Well, I'll let you know when I find him, Elaine. <laughs> <laughs> well, church is always my go-to. Um, yeah. That's always my spot where there better be some good people there or it's the wrong church. So, um, but I also know that like, depending on the area you settle in can be more clicky or more inviting than others. So that's not always the quickest way to make friends, maybe good friends quality friends, but not quick friends. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, that's tricky because I just find myself always kind in reaching out, especially when I'm in a state of loneliness, because moving so, so many times in the last like three years, this is real. So I just remember being when we moved to Virginia, being kind and really sincere and chatting with everybody and anybody, because you never knew where your friend was going to like come out of the woodwork. Right. Um, but we were also in the middle of a pandemic. So oh, like, the elderly got me in the middle of the grocery store and chat with me for hours. It was like, it was one of the saddest situations, but I also knew like this was, this was what God was asking us to do, like in this awful time, right? Like reach mm-hmm. out neighbor to people, like be human. Don't be afraid to touch them. Um, I, yeah. So there were so many instances where like just the elderly would just start chatting with me and I would just love the human interaction too, because we were out in the country and I hadn't talked to anybody for three days other than my like my own people. So yeah, I would just, I, I would chat with everybody and anyone. I didn't care. 
Um, well, that's and- really smart. I mean, that's really, and, and when you think about it in, in terms, I think for someone that maybe is a little, has a harder time talking to people, if, I love that because if you think about it in terms of just being a blessing to others, instead of, you know, thinking about maybe your own anxiety right. about it, you know, that can help you, you know, you talk to more people. Yeah. Cause man, I'm telling you, I was only running into that store to get a few things. <laughs> <laughs> there were several times where I would have to make like hand signals to Joe, like just finish the list. I'm going to be here. Well, <laughs> in the car, <laughs> cause I was there for 45 minutes chatting with folks. So that's totally different scenario. We're not in that scenario now, but I still am just kind to people who come into my house and fix my stuff. I always ask them, were you born and raised here? Um, Do you go to church? I always just ask them the surfacey questions that they're willing to answer. And then what evolves from that? I mean, you can tell if someone wants to sit and chat or not. Um, And so (laughs) I try to over overstate. Laura can't tell. Laura can't tell. (laughs) (laughs) You and Joe, I've had to pull him out of a lot of situations lately. Um, And I always just feel like if, if it is meant to be a quality friendship or a good friendship, the Lord will return him back to my circle. So I try not to, um, I'm really picky about who I let to my inner circle. So just having a one minute friend is fine with me, like in the state that I'm in, because I'd rather Mm -hmm. know you for one minute and like you than know you for two years and hate you. So, um, (laughs) so I'm okay with just being kind to people and let it be passing. It's still a human interaction. And that's sometimes all I need is just to chat with folks and, um, I think it's just like, so that's such so great though, because it, it just reminds you that like, you're never going to meet anyone if you don't talk to somebody. I mean, mm-hmm. it may be, you know, that, like you said, it doesn't come to not- anything, but if you don't at least talk to them, you know, how are you going to know? Well, and that's why I love the way Laura and I met. It could have been such a fast transaction of what <laughs> she- name. Her name is Clara. I got to go. Let's go. You know, I could have been rude taking my kid out of the nursery but I I just saw the spirit behind her and that she was loving on my kids for that time and she also (laughs) saw humor in it and I appreciated that I also was going through like one of the worst like um emotional um upheavals of my life so having a little bit of levity with my children and having a little bit of like just humor interjected into my day was really just welcomed so so like Laura didn't say oh my gosh come over for coffee and tea you know like (laughs) this was nice to me and then um and then when I saw her we chatted and then we just so happened alongside each other in Awanas and so it just opened for kind and just friendly And then I think the way I really got to know you guys was through soccer. And we literally, I think one night you were just like, Hey, we need someone for soccer. Can you play? And I'm like, no, but I can show up. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and that's how we end up being friends. So, so anyways, I just don't think it has to be a big to do. And it can also just naturally evolve the way, you know, friendship can just evolve. And I think having no expectations on other people allows people to kind of naturally evolve with a friendship too. So um, 
I mean, being kind and just friendly and yourself goes a long way sometimes. And you don't even have to say much. You can just be listening. So true. I mean, that is gold right there. Very few people listen. But I also you mentioned a couple of things that I think is really a cool way to meet people without it being awkward, which is like we all got to know each other through serving at, in the children's ministry and then like going and playing soccer together, like getting involved in something where you're working alongside people or playing alongside people can be so much, you know, of an easier way to kind of connect because you're doing something. You're not just, you know, having coffee. Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. That's beautifully put. And yeah, Leisha, beautifully put on your part too. Um, I love what you said there, serving alongside people. Cause I was just going to say, uh, when it comes to making friends, I never have, I don't set out to make friends. It's kind of like, I've got this bag full of seeds and I'm going to throw them all on the ground and whichever ones pop up is, uh, that's, that's great. So just like volunteering, volunteering anywhere, you know, it, I love volunteering at church, obviously Christian, I love the Lord. Um, but even for people that aren't Christians, volunteer to coach your kid's sport. You don't even really have to know much about the sport. Volunteer to work in the lunchroom, just volunteer. And then, you know, there's just, you meet cool people volunteering because usually those people aren't greedy. They're giving their time. And so they're going to, you're going to meet givers if you're, if you're a giver. And so I I think that that's a, a great way to make friends is to serve alongside people. Well, and I, sometimes in our state of loneliness, we get desperate. So we're constantly looking for someone to pour into you. And that is like, um, that is a really good way to turn people off or to, um, to come off as too needy and, and people, um, aren't equipped to deal with that level of like desperation or, or you, you come across as being a taker, you know, like, oh, I just need someone to talk to for five hours. And you're like, well, I don't have five hours. So <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> but I just, I think like when you start looking inward and you're only looking for your needs to be met, you're not being a quality friend back. And that's not appealing to people. And so giving of your time and your energy to something other than yourself takes your mind off yourself. And so yeah. that, that is just such a smart way to get yourself out of your element a little bit and start seeing other people. And, and then all of a sudden you'll be at, you know, at the end of the day, you'll be like, oh, you know, I had a really good time and, and I'm, I didn't think of myself and how miserable I was for five hours. And, and it just, it kind of turned your eyes to other people. And I think like, um, like, God and his spirit is so counterculture sometimes, like when you feel like you need to take, 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 God's asking you to start putting out and and giving. And, and all of a sudden your situation starts to turn because that's the nature of his spirit, right. Is to to fill you in your emptiness by emptying you a little bit more, (laughs) you know, get eyes off of yourself and start focusing on someone who might have a little bit more rougher than you. And I just think that is lost in our culture today because we're so self-focused. And so um, there are a thousand different ways you can serve and a thousand different ways you can reach out to people. And it has nothing to do with meeting your needs at all. It just has to do with 
being there for others. And so, um, so I'm, I'm a real fan of volunteering and it doesn't have to be anything Christianese. Agreed. So yep. this is kind of an odd question, but are friends really necessary? And the reason I ask this is because like, I have known people that, um, I mean, I think of two right off the top of my head that they just, it's like, they are by themselves a, a lot. It seems fine. Like sometimes they do get lonely and then they want to be with someone or talk to someone, but it's like, you know, it's not like me where it's like, I have to see people every day or I'm going to like go mad, you know, <laughs> like, you know, how, how much is a necessity? And also, you know, like how, like, how do you build it into your life depending on your, your level, I guess, of need to be around people? Yeah, that's a great question. I think friends are hundred percent necessary. I don't care who you are. Ironically, my mom and my dad are two of the biggest introverts I know. And they have always said, you know, family before friends and blood's thicker than fr water or friendship. I don't, I, they've all got all these things where, you know, you're <laughs> second, third, fourth, fifth on your list of priorities. And <laughs> being the rebellious child that I am, <laughs> I totally, <laughs> I didn't any of that garbage. I just knew better, you know, and that might've worked for them, but it's funny because if you, if I step back and look at their lives, my dad has a lot of wonderful friends as does my mom. And they are both very good friends to their friends and their friends are very good friends to them back. So they mm -hmm. have very solid friendships. Now they might say that friends are important, but their actions don't reflect that. And so, yeah, mm -hmm. really important. I don't care if you're an introvert and extrovert, you know, you have to have friends, you have to have people we're created to live in community. And that doesn't, and you don't get to pick your family. You know, you might have zilch in common with your twin brother, twin sister, or, or anybody that you grew up with. Um, but friends are unique because you get to pick them you get to choose. You're not just stuck with whatever, you know, whatever. Yeah. Birth, you know, dictates <laughs> dynamics dictate. So yeah, friends are golden because you get to pick them. Um, yeah. They also see things that maybe your family don't give you a very good perspective on either. So I, 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 I like having friends because I feel like they're better at keeping me accountable and also pushing me and like pushing, maybe pushing me to a healthier place that my family wouldn't be able to. And I'm not just talking about like the family that raised me. I'm talking about even like my husband and my children. Like there is a, there, there is a time and a place where things get stagnant or they're not able to challenge you in a way that would stretch you and grow your character and so I like having that outside element. Um, and I, I mean, I'll even use the term friend loosely. They don't even have to be real close friends of mine. They can just be acquaintances that see something or challenge me to do better. Because I would say you two reaching out to me to go play soccer pushed me to a, like way out, not only way outside my comfort zone, but also then to kind of accept the 
like athletic challenge of you got to get yourself moving again. And you, and if you can't do this, what are you going to do to fix that? And so it really just opened the door to a new like athleticism in my life that end up saving my life in my forties. Cause I have to do it <laughs> <laughs> to remain sane in these years hormones. So <laughs> never, never have done that. If you guys wouldn't have asked, I wouldn't have gone out and joined the soccer club myself. So, and you guys weren't necessarily close friends to me at the time, right? Yeah, I think you, you know, we barely knew each other from Awana's. We just were sharing space at the time. So like um, my family would never have asked me to, mom, you know what you need? Indoor soccer league of old women. <laughs> like, friends, let me go join one. I mean, that never would have happened. So, like without acquaintances, you would never, you would never be introduced to this stuff. And so I, I like appreciated that and, and I appreciated the invite because I think that is something that people don't understand is that when you become in, when you don't invite outsiders into your circle, um, you are missing out on something that you could be gaining from, you know, by just being inclusive all the time. So anyways, I, I think friends are interesting and I do think they're, like mandatory to our existence, but I think to the level is different for everybody. Cause I mm-hmm. do know that there are some people who don't necessarily need that everyday interaction, but I do think it is, I do think it is like necessary for accountability and for growth. Mm-hmm. You know, interestingly I, too, as we get older, like I'm finding you know, when you had kids, you, you got together with other people that had kids, right. And maybe your interactions was kind of a lot of that, or maybe you knew other couples and, you know, and you got together with the kids and that kind of thing. But now the kids are like growing up and leaving and, um, starting to realize like a appreciating the really good friends that I have developed over the years, which is set, which is so golden, but then be like, kind of the challenge of it's almost like you I feel like I almost have to make myself find these new opportunities and new people in order to expand you know like you're saying like your kind of your your people that you know your experiences because it would be so easy to sort of just like okay I have my two or three or four really good friends and my little routine or whatever. And then you just sail off into the sunset. And I just don't think, not that that's not awesome. Like if you have a few really good friends, that is precious, you know, because not everybody even has that, but, but the challenge of, of, you know, pushing yourself to, to, to continue to grow and expand even as you get older, I think is what I'm saying. I agree. And I think that uh, each person has a different thirst for that, uh, that adventure, a different craving for that challenge. Some people are content to, to do what's normal, what's normal for them and stick with the same crowd and not expand. And that's fine for them. And some people aren't, I, I know that I am the, the latter. I, I have to keep meeting new people. And I think it's, it's almost selfish because, um, I just love hearing new stories, very much a story person. I want to hear people's life stories because people are an inspiration to me. And I always feel uh, challenged and educated and just my thirst for knowledge and adventure 
it's insatiable. And because of that, I have to meet new people all the time. And we might not be friends, but for, you know, a couple of months or a couple of minutes, but just hearing the stories, just hearing what people have to say, mm-hmm. you know, I think I that's know. a though of appreciating people. I think our world is really cynical and like cold right now. And so the average person, like they, there's all those stupid t-shirts out there. Like I don't people or (laughs) I don't people. (laughs) And I'm like, no, you're the idiots who make this really difficult because um, I'm sure that there were a ton of people who didn't want to listen to you and validate you. And that's all you really wanted was just a couple minutes of people's time and attention and you didn't get it. So now you hate people. So now I got to deal with your t-shirt. So I, <laughs> I start people is really important and, and validating their personhood and who they are and what they've lived through and not necessarily enabling it, but just like being present for it is really missed and, and probably undervalued because they don't see it enough. And honestly, when people like um, experience it, they almost don't know what to do with themselves. I have had people like when you ask them about their day, they're taken back a little bit and they're like, who me? And I'm like, yeah, I'm talking to you (laughs) (laughs) with my eyes right now. Let's talk. (laughs) So I love, I love having that experience though, because I think people are so used to just being like strangers passing by that they don't understand. Like that's a person you just pass the person and they're probably really neat somewhere in there. That's true. I mean, I feel convicted about that with my neighbors sometimes like, man, like I don't even hardly know these people and they live right next door to me. They're probably yeah. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> How many barking dogs do they have, Elaine? <laughs> oh no, the dog story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> Okay, so so this is something that I have come across more lately. Um, the everybody like seemed, you know, I guess I've just felt realized I've been blessed with many very good friends, but in talking to other people, starting to realize that a lot of people have had to deal with some super crummy relationships that maybe started out seemingly good and didn't end up that way. And it's not like I've never had friends like that. I have, I've certainly had friends that it just didn't end up well, or I needed to cut it off, you know, but you know, how do you know, like, how do you know when someone's safe or when they're good or, you know, when they're somebody to confide in? Yeah, that's a toughie. And I've been burned on that because I've told stuff to somebody who I thought I could, you know, share confidential things with, and, and that's blown up in my face when they, they talk or or judge, they don't receive that information the way that I, I would have received it coming from them. And that's tough. Maybe that's immaturity or I don't know, naivety on my part, but, um, I don't know. I think that people have to earn the right to be a secret holder, you know? So you don't just Mm -hmm. go blabbing anything to anybody. You just, that takes discernment and years of trust that just kind of build and grow over the years. Um, So as far as like toxic relationships go, I think that if somebody is dragging you down, you have to, you have to break that relationship off. If they're 
um, causing you to sin if you're, I don't know, gossiping or drinking or doing drugs or whatever. I mean, I know that when I was in high school, I had my stoner buddy and we, we loved to smoke weed together. And then I joined the Navy and I, you know, tried to put all that behind me and she still wanted to hang out. And at Mm -hmm. one point she got mad at me over something petty and kind of chewed me out. And I decided, you know, that's it. I'm going to lose her number right now. All I needed was the first little excuse. And I, we had grown apart, but I just needed that little excuse to just write her off out of my life. And that's, um, I don't know, maybe callous, but you never know when things come full circle because years later in the world of Facebook and social media, she caught back up with me and tried to reestablish a relationship. And I was very cautious at first. Cause I thought, you know, and I told her I'm, I'm a Christian. I don't, the worst thing I drink is coffee. I don't, I don't smoke anything. You know, we're not, my life's <laughs> not bad anymore. Um, and and, but we have since rekindled something sort of like a friendship and she's very different than I am, but that doesn't mean we can't still learn from each other and share stories and be kind. So is she the person that I'm going to tell everything to, or be the first one I go to when I need somebody? Absolutely not. But that doesn't mean I can't have her in my, in, in my bag of friends. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool. I think if you don't have a good, like discerning spirit about you, (laughs) this question's a tough one. (laughs) So I don't know how other, other than getting burns, I don't know how you would decipher whether or not someone was a a good person, like without just knowing internally that something's off or something's right with somebody. So um, I have a, I have a very hyperactive sense of discernment about people. So <laughs> I'm fairly quick to read them. And most of the time I'm accurate. So, um, so, and I, and I, and good thing I'm not prideful, but I like to point it out. <laughs> to people Like, oh, you're hanging out with so-and-so mm-hmm. are, you know, okay. <laughs> yeah. This is going to end well for you. <laughs> Yeah, if she's done it to me before. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do like to look out for people if they are more on the naive side, because I do understand not everybody has that. And so I am free to share my insights with people. And I think that's why I'm good at what I do is I read people very well, like, and they don't really have to say much. So, um, so there's probably put you in good, like, that's been a good asset for you over your lifetime. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't take, there is nothing that I have done to obtain this. This is definitely just a gifting from the Lord. So I don't, I really just don't abuse it. I, I, it's there for a reason. So, um, and I, I don't use it to like harm people or whatever. I actually just, I, I like to caution people, especially when I know that they don't have that sense of, of reading people. Like my oldest daughter does not have it whatsoever. Um, and and I'll just chat with her about how, you know, human nature is and how, how, how things are probably going to turn out if she continues down this road. And, and the worst part is most of the time I'm right, but apparently that's how God designed her. So she's going to have to learn how to work herself through disappointment with people. Um, mm-hmm. 
And I think with females, that's really important because I think we all do desire to have that really close friendship. And so finding out that they're not worthy of those close friendships, like hurt us, like, I really wanted them to be your friend. I'm like, yeah, but they're just so mean. Like, why would you want to be friends with that? So, mm-hmm. um, so being patient and kind with those people who don't have that, who are constantly getting burned by people is, is probably something I need to work on. But I, um, so yeah, so I, that is a really good question for someone who is probably, who doesn't have that. Like, how do you know when someone's a terrible person? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that I am not very discerning. Like I don't, I definitely don't have that gifting and I definitely have more of a rose colored, you know, view of everyone around me. Um, I, I think I love you. <laughs> yeah. We love you, Elaine. We love you. Exactly. <laughs> Grass is always green on your side of the line. That's <laughs> Um, but that, but I've also tried to, in situations where, um, I've been like a leader, I always have tried to, or maybe been blessed with people around me, like you, Laisha, who have that discerning gift. And so I kind of lean into that as a leader because I know I don't have it. And so, you know, the people around me, if they're like red flag, red flag, red flag, I listen because, you know, I don't, I don't have that perception, you know? So I, I'm like, okay, if you say it's bad, then it's bad. And we need to do something about it, you know? But it's also really important for you to find that out your own way and on your own terms, because the way I end my friendships or cut people, I'll say cut people off, but what I'm really meaning is create distance from them. It's totally different how you would do it. And, and I respect that too. Like, I don't expect people to cut people off or you need to get away from them right now. Like that's really weird and manipulative, but, um, everyone has their different levels of tolerance of what they can end up taking from folks. And so when they reach that level, then they have to decide like, well, how am I going to create distance or have this conversation with folks? And, and that's like, I think that's why I've always liked you, Elaine, is once you reach that point, like you do it your own way on your own terms. Cause you're like fiercely independent. And I love that about you. And so, you know, whether or not you listen to it, my advice isn't the issue. It's just like, <laughs> you need to do it on your own terms <laughs> because if you like, cause if on, honestly, some people can handle and tolerate bad friends and mm-hmm. they're totally okay with that. And they know the terms they're like, Oh no, they're just really selfish. And we just put up with it. And I'm selfish too. And we love it. And <laughs> Well, I think, I think that what has, and and I think that is true for sure. We've definitely had this, you know, where, where, you know, some people maybe would drive certain people crazy and other people, they don't care. They're just like, whatever, you know, I see what you see, but it just doesn't bother me as much as, you know, you, or, or I just set my own boundary about it. Like, you know, I'll only take so much. Um, but I do think one thing that has helped me, even though I'm, I, I definitely don't feel like I have the gift of discernment is God saved me at a young age. And, um, I really started getting into his word, you know, like as a very young person, like I got saved at 10 and, you know, like by 13, like I remember being 13 and sitting in the bus and like memorizing, like, you know, scripture. And I, and I think that that because of, even though not having the discernment, I think having just the, 
I guess the standards that you, you kind of adopt when you're like really soaking into God's word and you want to be a certain kind of person and you're striving, you know, to be what God wants you to be that that has like probably kept me from having certain friendships because I just was never interested in being around people that weren't on that path. Yeah. Right. You know, so well, that- a, that is a level of discernment though is because when you are able to hide God's word in your heart it ends up becoming um, a shield over your heart and so that is really important and I just know that when people aren't in the word they don't have it naturally and so the way you can obtain that if you don't have a natural spirit of discernment over people and about people is you get it through the word because that is the natural filter that gets like clarifies where people stand real quickly you know like you just start reading through any any verse in proverbs and there there is your list of quality friendship you know um traits and those are the type of people that you list i think the first three proverbs are talking about the women you should stay away from I actually, I made my boys like shut up and listen. I'm like, listen up, gentlemen. I've got some proverbs to read to you. This is not the kind of girl you guys are going to be bringing home. You know, <laughs> it was funny because we were like totally just beating them over the head with proverbs. Good stuff. <laughs> okay. Uh, last question on a lighter note who was uh, one of the most unlikely or unexpected friends that you had over the years? Hmm. I'll, I'll go first while you guys are thinking about it. Uh, when I, when I had a baby, so it was just me by myself, um, you know, that was lonely and I got <laughs> so blessed because I ended up with two older women that I became really good friends with kind of took me under their wing one of them had been my neighbor and she was like my grandma's age and her name was grandma Jenny. And I used to take the baby over there and we'd have lunch once a week and I take her to her doctor's appointments and, you know, different things like that. And she was really funny, like hilariously funny and so witty and she never married. So it was kind of like having, she, it was kind of like having a 30 year old and a 75 year old's body, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it was just we we kept going over there like almost every week for years even after I had more kids and that was like just such a blessing to me in a time when I didn't really know anyone else you know because I was in like just a totally different stage in life and then the other gal was that I met at that same time was like my mom's age and she but she was at home she wasn't working at the time and her kids were older and I would come over and do my laundry and we would go shopping with the baby. And, you know, she was just so awesome. And she ended up being kind of a second mom- mother to me, you know, at a time that I really needed it. So I, I, I like to tell that story just because sometimes you, maybe people don't realize like somebody doesn't have to be like your age or you're in your same place in life or, you know, any of that to be like a really good friend. No, I love that. I can, I want to just like echo all of that because my most unexpected friend that I could think of 
I never would have in a hundred years imagined being friends with. And it's a man who's um, like pushing 70 years old and he's a plumber. And here's how we have become friends over the years. We, in one of our many projects houses a long, long time ago needed a plumber. And so I asked a friend of mine, hey, do you have any referrals? You know, just, hey, does anybody know a good plumber? Oh, my husband found this guy in the phone book, like, or something like that. And so I got, got his number. He comes over and um, does a good job for cheap. And I thought that was the end of that, you know? Okay, so now I have a plumber. Well, I didn't know then that I would be using him multiple times over and over again for many different project houses. Well, when I decided to go back to work and become an electrician and just kind of freelance and do my own thing, he got real interested real fast. And he says, you know, I always need to refer electricians to people. Do you mind if I start using you and referring you to other people? Because everybody always needs an electrician. And I said, sure. Can I do the same for you? And so we started, our friendship started by just feeding each other business. And so at one point in time, we are just like feeding each other business. We find ourselves working on the same jobs a lot and just chit-chatting and getting to know one another. And he's like the nicest guy ever. Well, I am not unique in that everybody that this guy knows he's friends with. He is just a good friend to everybody. People who are his customers are his friends. He, and I've learned wow. so much about how to be a craftsman, how to have this business and he's mentored me and becoming the type of electrician and having the electrical business that I want just based on the kind of plumbing business that he has I mean he had a, a couple that had a baby and he went to see them in a hospital in the hospital and brought them a gift I mean these are just wow folks and this is like he's an older man but anytime anybody brings up his name nothing but good comes out of their mouths about this man. And I am very lucky to say that this man is my friend. And so, yeah, totally unexpected. Never thought that the plumber that, you know, <laughs> my house one time would, would end up being such a great friend to me. So yeah, the plumber. That's such a sweet legacy to leave too, <laughs> you know, like, that nobody has a bad word to say about him and that he's just a friend to everyone. What a sweet, like, what a sweet life story to have. That's cool. Yeah. He's a great dude. Great guy. I, well, I, apparently old people are winning today. Cause I have, <laughs> uh, yeah, my, my friends that I would say, and you know, my, so my neighbors in my old, my first house in Liberty, um, they, well, I guess they pr have forever been in their seventies. They may have been in their sixties at the time, but you know, when you're 30, everyone's old to you. So um, <laughs> they retired at the time. So they were always home and I was working. So we probably were just cordial and good neighbors and, um, they loved on my kids all the time and we would just sit, sit and chat, um, their names are Don and Sharon. And so, um, and then like, I only had Gabe and Ava at the time when we moved in and they were just always really, um, grand grandma and grandpa like to them. And because, because, um, my parents and Joe's parents lived out of state, it was just nice for my kids to have like an, an older loving and kind trusted neighbor on the side of them. 
Um, and you know, my dog would sneak out, dig out under my fence and go walk there. <laughs> I cured lawn and, you know, all of a sudden I'd hear Percy, get back to your fence. And, you know, and <laughs> I'm over. Percy got out and I'm like, not working. <laughs> But they were just always so kind. And then when um, I started to stay at home and I had the two younger ones, all of a sudden they became a little bit more regular in my life. And just I'd pop in or I let the kids go over for an hour and hit hang out with them. But they were always just a constant like, you know, it was just the the reliable old neighbors that you always knew would have your back. I think what really bonded me to them, though, was my house fire. <laughs> oh, wow. I was like eight months pregnant. Um, I was on the phone talking to my sister while he, helping Gabe with his home project and or his school project. While um, I've never fried fries before, but I knew Joe really liked his French fries fried instead of baked. So I was like, you know what I'm going to do while I'm on the phone helping with this project being pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> so I start heating this oil up on the stove. And out of the corner of my eye, I see something just kind of go up and I'm like, oh, that's smoking hot. <laughs> so I go over to my kitchen. By the time I reach my stove, the flame is now shooting up the wall because of um, where I was frying it or the pan I was using. So long story short, I carried that hot pan outside because that's supposed to do with um, burning hot oil. Mm. <laughs> um, go out in my garage in the meantime, as I'm walking backwards um, to carry this fry, burning frying pan out of my house, um, oil is spilling on my kitchen floor and um, and I'm panicking as I get the fire out of my house and my my whole mi microwave melted down the wall and on the stove. I mean, this was like oh. a fire. And all of a sudden I see Ava start crossing the oil on my floor to come see what mom's doing out in the garage. Cause why is mom carrying a burning hot pan of oil outside? So I'm freaking out. Cause I think she's getting burned by this hot oil on the, on the floor. So I am like, Ava! <laughs> and it, I think my neighbors either heard the ruckus or maybe I told Gabe to, I don't know. It was all a blur now. Maybe I told Gabe to go over there and tell him my house is on fire or something. But next thing I know, I, Don is in my kitchen and he's like, well, looks like you had a house fire. And I'm like, yeah, I had a house fire, Don. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's like, well, let me take the kids for you. So he takes the kids over to his house so I can like panic some more all by myself in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that, then I call, anyways so long story short I think that bonded me to him because like he came over and helped me and like was just hugging me and calming me down because I was big stupid and pregnant at the time and <laughs> friends ever since they get a Christmas card every year every time a kid graduates you know they come on over they were upset that I was leaving Liberty so I mean it was they're good. They're such good people. And they always go winter in Texas and invite us down to go dance with them because they dance every night. They're dancers. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. I, just, love I love it. Like being just being a constant for families who are always changing and growing and like the chaos and the hectic nature of having young kids. I just don't think the older people know how nice it is to have 
just to look over your yard and see their serenity. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. (laughs) No doubt. Well, that's awesome. Thank you guys so much. I, that was great. And I'm sure that there was many people out there that could relate. Uh, so uh, before we sign off, I have um, a quote to read to you from chapter four of my book uh, that's called Connecting. Well, my book's called Mom of Six Dies Laughing. Mm-hmm. Uh, chapter four is about connecting. And one of the quotes I found was, I'm done. I'm selling my kid on eBay. Don't be silly. You made him. Sell him on Etsy. <laughs> <laughs> So if you want a really awesome book for moms, it's Mom of Six Dies Laughing. You can get it at imaginemom.com slash book. It's imagine with an E, imaginemom.com slash book. And if you're tired of boring self-help books, I guarantee you this is not one of them. So (laughs) make sure you make sure you get it. (laughs) All right. Thanks for being here, guys. It was awesome. Thanks, Elaine. Bye, Alicia. Hi, Laura. Till next time, right? Until next time. All right. Woo! Are we still being recorded? Thanks for joining us. If you love this episode, make sure you share it with a friend. And don't forget to add this podcast to your list of favorites. Also, don't forget to get the book, Mama Six Dies Laughing, and join us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube at Imagine Mom. Have a great day. Thanks for listening.